Y'all, I'm at a point in my life where if people aren't rocking with me and how I show up, I am quick to turn the other cheek and let them move on.org. I have to tell you, as I've gotten older, I've become much more unbothered, confident. I guess I'm getting comfortable with who I am, comfortable in my skin. Maybe the reason is because I'm on the back end of my life. I've established my career, my reputation. So right now I'm focused on curating experiences and people that are important to me, you know, dismissing the opinions of others, and then finally fully sitting in the seat of my soul. And at this tenderoni age of 58, I truly don't give a blind if <laughs> we're trying to keep it clean, keep it PG, fudge. What does self-acceptance mean to you? What does it look like for you? I'm excited about this conversation today. From WBEZ Chicago, this is When Magic Happens. I'm Cheryl Jackson here with Taylor Coward. And Jennifer Shay Love Long is joining us by phone from the ATL today. We're talking about the art of not giving a fudge. Stepping into your power and being cozy with who you are. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. All right, ladies. This is going to be a juicy conversation. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What does not giving an F mean to you? And what does it look like for each of you? You know what I think it looks like is really being focused on the path and direction that is for me and not being swayed by what is external. And that means, you know, people, things, social framework. Like I am not consumed by the things that are external, but really guided by the things that are internal. And so I just don't give a F about things that aren't, connected to maybe what my purpose is or where I feel like I'm I'm guided, where my intuition leads me. It's not a negative, right? For me. Like it's like I'm just I'm focused is what it mm-hmm. means for me. Are you always like that? I mean you I mean are you always in that mode, you know, or are there times where you're just kind of twisting, putting yourself in a pretzel a little bit? I think at this stage of my life, I'm always in that mode. I think, you know, maybe if you would have asked me, you know, pre-divorce, you know, Mm -hmm. I think my answer would definitely have been different. Um, I think I would have been uh, more concerned about what other people think, you know, what other people thought or, you know, how do I do this thing pertaining to my kids? You know, I think I was more influenced by the external. And Mm -hmm. I think now I've just grown to a place where I really, I'm not swayed by that anymore. Um, have you lost friends and family members because of that? <laughs> no, you, you want to know. know what's funny? You want to know what's really funny about that is um, I, okay. So I also, when I think about losing, I think of I've outgrown, right? I've outgrown mm, the person that's good. or that's good. I've outgrown the situation 
And so I don't feel like I'm losing anything because I think that most people have been in my life for a reason, a season, or they're in my life for a lifetime. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay with letting go because letting go means, means you're growing. You're at a different, different phase, you know, in also your life. you're, you're, you're opening yourself up for uh, more. And yeah. what I heard in your answer was you're not operating from this kind of black mentality. That's exactly right. I, yeah. I see but it. But you as, talk about a lot. Yeah. About a lot. I see it as, as, as abundant. So I don't feel like I'm ever losing. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just transitioning. I'm going, moving to another place. And some people are going to come with you and some people aren't. And, and that's okay. And that's also the part of not giving an F, you know, is that mm-hmm. the people that stay with you, um, what I've what I've discovered are meaningful. They're valuable. They are, you know, they're part of part of that that journey for me. Um, and I, I will say this too. I think that's why I say that that divorce was probably the biggest, you know, transition to that phase is because if you if it's like your whole life, everything's changing. You know, every you've got to really reframe everything, even what we know about or what I knew about relationship. I had to reframe that. And so, mm-hmm. um, and, and it, and it didn't fall in line with what everybody else wanted for me or what everybody else said. And so, so yeah, so I think that that's, that's for me, that's how it, how it looks. What about you, Taylor? Um, <clears throat> I said in the opening marks that, you know, I the tender age of 58, but you really are a tender. You really are a tenderoni, okay? You are a tenderoni? <laughs> a ton- tenderoni. Come on, tenderoni. Local tenderoni. This is a sweet old Taylor girl. Coward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's going to be your nickname from here on out. Tenderoni. tenderoni. Mm-hmm. I, well, tenderoni feels... No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly... I feel like once you're good with yourself... Everything else, there, there, there aren't many boundaries and there aren't many barriers um, that can stop you mm. because it's like, well, I, I know I'm confident in this thing. I know I can do this thing and I need to just go for it. And so that's what I'm striving toward because then you don't really care about what's going on around you. And so a lot of times I feel like kind of what Jennifer was saying of not really taking into account what's going on around you like it just kind of have blinders on sometimes Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you sometimes you'll be in a situation where you're like I'm doing a good thing I'm doing a good thing I've had this happen I'm doing this thing and I look around and somebody's just stank facing me Mm -hmm. (laughs) just giving me the stank face and I'm like you know what keep doing your thing you know keep doing you and don't worry about it good for you I mean I, at your when tenderoni, I a, when, I, when I was a tenderoni, um, you still are a tenderoni. Oh, bless your heart. Okay, for lying to me. Okay, <laughs> but when I was your age, I felt the pressure more. Yeah. Um, to capitulate, to conform, to fit in, to please, and um, you're kind of. Starting your life, I'm on the back end of mine. I'm just now back end or 
the prize. I mean, right, girl. Oh, okay. I like I that. Like the that. prize. Okay, you That's know what? what? You get a car. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Yeah, I do. Girl, uh, I, that I was do good. feel the like I'm, I'm in my prime, though. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I didn't. So to hear you say it, so you don't ever feel that um, as a young Oh, no, of course woman. I do. Of course. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like, well, why? Why am I getting pushback from this person? Or why isn't this thing going the way I want? Or why didn't I get this job? And so you just have to be like, well, you know, you're doing you. Because if you're confident and comfortable with what you're doing and you're making a formula that works for you, then you just keep trudging. And so there are times where I just want I want people to do right and I want people to not stank face me and I want people to do this and I want people to do that, but I can't control that. And so instead I can just put my blinders on and do my thing. You know, you, you just said it, you can't control what other people do, you know, their behavior and why they're stank facing is, is them, you know, it's really more of a reflection of them and whatever they have going on. And it is something that you, you're right. You can't control. And so it's also like, why give it F, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, I can't fix that. I can't make them think differently. I can't make them behave differently. So, okay. So don't worry about it, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but don't worry. I'm not going to make that part of my life. You know what I mean? Let them deal with that. I think that's so admirable because I was, I think I had a different experience growing up and your age and in my thirties, even you know, when you're playing a high sex game and you're what other people say or how you're being perceived, mm-hmm. you know, I was very self-aware, self-reflective, like, okay, is this, you know, I'm trying to observe myself in the moment. Like, do I pivot? Do I need to tweak? Mm-hmm. Am I mm-hmm. am I nose blind <laughs> to, my, <laughs> to me? Um I was very much consumed with that. Do I need to tweak? Do I need to pivot? Do I need to go and two hours uh, become an engineer uh, to (laughs) give a different presentation? I don't think that's all bad because I think I try to find a balance. Like I do, I do like to have some awareness of how I'm being perceived. I guess that's just like general self-awareness that Mm -hmm. we all have, Mm -hmm. but you can't let it Mm -hmm. break you down. I think that's, I think that's the, daily struggle for everyone is how much of other people's perception and opinions am I going to let in Mm -hmm. and how much am I going to block out and just ignore some Mm -hmm. you have to receive like if (laughs) like sometimes you just need to be told you know hey girl this thing let's do it differently you know (laughs) what I mean right so so it's it's good but there's oftentimes you just got to block a lot out my mom tells me Taylor What's for you is for you. Amen. And Mm -hmm. I think that's comforting to hear always because especially now we're in an era of Mm self-comparison on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You look at everybody's Instagram. How did she get that? How did he do this? How did he go this place? And so that's, I feel like what Instagram has prompted us all to do, not just Instagram. Sorry to be putting that on you like that, (laughs) but like 
It's true. You know what I okay, mean? Right. And true. so, but if you tell yourself, Taylor, Taylor, what's for you is going to be for you. Right. You're not worried about mm-hmm. what other people are doing. And you're not worried about what other people mm-hmm. are saying because what's for you is for you. My mom, when I was in college, she gave me two books. Um, one was this book by Deepak Chopra. It was called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Mm-hmm. And the second book was called The Four Agreements. And, you know, at that age, I was like, I don't, you know, I didn't really get it. Um, but I, I, I read those books and I read them at a time where, you know, I was, you know, in college, you're kind of like unsure about what you want to do, where you're going to go, how you're going to get there. And they just offered so much guidance, you know, in terms of just helping me to think about my path right and and also what i'll say is giving a fuck doesn't mean that you i mean i'm sorry <laughs> one more time <laughs> oh I, sorry you know, off see, your see, list real go, easy they, okay i know <laughs> give it a hey, that that's the, my most often yeah, there you go, there you go. Uh, <laughs> no but giving an f doesn't necessarily mean that you're not caring about the things and the people around you right, right. it's just that you're not being sort of guided by those things. You're being guided by the things, right. You're being guided by the things that are, as Taylor, you just said, that are, that are meant for you because those things are going to very naturally gravitate and come to you. And it's like everything else is, is just, it's a distraction. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. I was an executive vice president, newly minted vice president for a transportation company, Mm -hmm. a rail company. And um, I was new to this role. I had been a vice president other places, maybe for two years, but I was brand new to this transportation role, brand new to the industry and my job was a public affairs, government affairs job. So basically lobbying legis- uh, state governments for funding. Mm-hmm. So um, so they were like, okay, we're going to send you out with the CEO to go to Tennessee and talk to their legislature um, and do a junket. So a junket is when you're going in and you're blitzing a community. Mm-hmm. You're doing interviews. You're meeting with the business community. You're giving talks and speeches. You're meeting with legislative leaders and governors all around a campaign to support Mm -hmm. funding. So, uh, so they were like, this is a big deal. So I got briefed. I had to develop a briefing book for this junket for the CEO. So I got briefed on the person who had been doing it, going with the CEO. So he had done it before. So he briefed me, helped me develop the briefing book. It was a very big briefing book. So I took off and I go to Washington and I had my meeting. Ten minutes into the briefing, he stops me. He starts asking me about very technical engineering, you know, um, 
you know, if you were an engineer building the apparatus, mm-hmm. the rail, laying rail, just very You're arcane. like, and I'm not. Right. <laughs> so he's like, you know what? So he, he, he does this, you know, I think intentionally. It cuts me off, and he called, makes makes a phone call, and then uh, about eight white guys come in with their hard hats, CEO's white, the hard hats on. They pull out this map. Uh, on this huge table, looked like the map was from 1700s. And they start talking all this engineering jargon. And I'm literally in the corner of the room. So I'm new to this job, trying to impress the CEO. And he only let me talk for 10 minutes and basically said, you don't know crap, okay? So let me call the real boys in. I was due to fly with him the next day to, for this junket. I was beside myself, Taylor. I'm like, oh my God! I'm I I don't know. I should have known this. I sh- I let let me go. I went back to the hotel room. I literally started googling how to be a transportation engineer like overnight in three hours, and I was in manic meltdown mode. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I going to brief this? We get on the on the on the um, uh, meet him at the airport, and he was. I had gotten there early. He was, we were flying southwest, so he got there late. He was back of the line. I was like, oh, you know, would you like to come to the front? No, he refused to talk to me. He just mm. shook his head, no. So we, we fly into Nashville. Uh, we're picked up by a young legislative mm-hmm. aide who's about, uh, oh, my gosh, he must have been. He was still in college. Mm-hmm. This legislative aide, D.C.-based, he just flew in because we were meeting with a congressman, so he was there staffing his congressman. Mm-hmm. So he picks us up. The CEO's in front. The legislative aide is driving. I'm in the back seat. And so I start to try and brief the CEO. I said, you know, need to know this is what's going on. This is bills are up. These are the leaders. This is their political persuasion. He stops me, turns to the, to, to the legislative, the, the, the 20-year-old, 19-year-old legislative aide. So what's going on uh, here? Uh, what's going on in the state? So then the guy, this, he begins to say what I just said. Mm-hmm. He said, now that's the kind of information that I need. Wow. And I'm mm. just feel myself wow. just unspooling. Like this man, he refuses to talk to me. Mm-hmm. He has said in very direct and indirect ways that he thinks I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. I don't know my job. Um, and um, he's affirming others, this 19-year-old, 20-year-old boy that just literally repeated what I said, affirmed him like as a way to say, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I just began to have a meltdown. My stomach was already in knots. And I was mm-hmm. like, I have to spend the next 12 hours because it's a blitz. Mm-hmm. You're with each other to the tied to the hip the entire day. Yeah. I am coming undone. And I'm like, oh, my God. What am I, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I heard this voice, still quiet voice in my ear. It said, calm down. Mm-hmm. This is his problem and his problem mm-hmm. is not your problem. Yeah. Yeah. And in a, right. in a second I shifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I shifted from this, you know, victim being, you know, in meltdown mode to um, I, I even got defiant. You know what? Mm-hmm. He's not talking to me. I'm going to show him that I'm not talking to him. Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. only am I not going to talk to him, I'm going to I'm going to shine so brightly 
I'm going to be so brilliant. I'm going to be so charming. Everyone is going to want to hear what I have to say. Mm -hmm. And so I just had this major shift. And Mm -hmm. I was, I did the doggone thing, okay? I slayed everywhere I went. I was applauded, and he sat quietly. I had, we literally went six hours, um, me not talking to him. Wow. So here's what that taught me, and I never forgot that. Mm -hmm. It's so important to sit in the seat of your soul, to be anchored in that. Um, Because that was my soul telling me, calm down. Mm -hmm. You're getting wound up about it. You're getting wound up over something that's not even your problem. He is the racist. He is the misogynist. He is the sexist. He's the one that has all these issues. Mm -hmm. That doesn't change who you are. Go out and be just who you are and see how you shine. I, I I feel sorry that you went through that, but I think you had to. Had to. Yeah. Had yeah. to. Yeah. Absolutely. Had to. You had to. The only Absolutely. way that you know who you are yeah. is that it has to be tested. Be up against the wall. Get up mm-hmm. against the wall. That's yeah. right. And it doesn't happen overnight. Just keep getting tested mm-hmm. and you keep building mm-hmm. that muscle, strengthening that muscle. And in yeah. the workplace, it's kind of different. This This concept that we're talking about, I think I came at this from the social aspect of like, Friends, family, people I meet on the street, people at a job interview, Mm -hmm. you know, that's that focusing, having the blinders on. But in in work settings, it's so hard and it's it's a Mm -hmm. day to day, especially when you're new. And I'm I'm starting my career Mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. And so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm in a lot of new settings where I'm like, am I doing this thing right? Mm -hmm. And people are looking at me to, to see what I'm doing. Because I'm young, because I'm a girl, because right. I'm black, a whole bunch of things. That's right. So is she doing this right? Because you're cute. <clears throat> oh, thank okay. you, Cheryl. Hello. Thank you, Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you, you are watched. And, and sometimes. And doubt it. You feel like people are waiting on you to slip. They are waiting <laughs> on you to slip. They are. They are. And so. They're they banking are. on it. I had a job where I would just be, I'd, I'd always think maybe like three steps backward. To if something that I did, if it was unwound and taken a deeper look at, mm-hmm. I didn't want you to find anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. I kept my notes clear. I kept my dates accurate. I just was like, I cannot be caught slipping because that's what you're waiting on me to do. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm starting new things and starting new endeavors, I just want to remember that time mm-hmm. to where I was, I because I still want to do the best that I can in any job that I have, but I don't want to be doing it out of fear and out of waiting Mm. to be attacked. Yes. Um, And so you have to remember those times of like acting out of fear and instead be acting out of, you know how to do this and you're going to do the best you can. And that's it. And go be great. Thank you. You will. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a wrap for our Not Given an F episode. If you like what you heard, subscribe, write us on Apple Podcasts, and tune in every Friday for your dose of When Magic Happens. And follow us on Instagram at When Magic Happens Podcast. Don't miss out on the latest and greatest from your When Magic Happens family. Subscribe to our newsletter, The Perfect Companion to This Podcast, at wbez.org backslash newsletters. And you can find me, Cheryl Jackson, on socials at Cheryl Jackson, and that's Cheryl with an E. 
You can find me, Jennifer Shea Love Long, on Instagram at Being Shea Love. You can find me, Taylor Coward, on Instagram at Taylor Coward Online. And we want to hear from you, our magical listeners. Our email address is magic at wbez.org. Send us anything. We want to hear from you. When Magic Happens is a production of WBEZ Chicago and a part of the NPR Podcast Network. Our truly magical producer is Brianna Garrett. Elizabeth Cambridge is our associate producer. Brendan Banizak is our executive producer. Tracy Brown is chief content officer. Production assistance from Justin Bull. And engineering by Maria Lopez. See y'all next week. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.